This is the last mile, powered by Segway. Join the people of Segway as we discuss industry trends in our vision of the future of transportation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Last Mile, a Segway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So after a hiatus, again, we interviewed Tony Ho, and now I'm super pleased to bring the Segway podcast back into action, exploring the future of scooters, movement technology, and the programs and people that are powering the last mile of our day-to-day. And on this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the current state of the scooter sharing industry. And Nationally, rideshare bikes and scooters are feeling different levels of success. Uh, you know, for example, Uber recently announced they were pulling jump bikes from Atlanta and San Diego, while Denver, for example, is adding a nonprofit e bike business to their mix. Des Moines is eyeing e scooters, and companies like Lime, Bird, they're all dealing with changing costs to keep their programs operational without going bankrupt. So, you know, we've got positives, we've got negatives. The whole market is very dynamic. Among all of this, though, there is a coming push for scooter sharing to go to smaller municipalities and smaller areas in general. And this could fundamentally change how they're managed, regulated, ridden, and fundamentally enjoyed. So here to break this down is Jerry Moriarty, Business Development Director for Segway Discovery. Jerry, great to have you on. How are you doing? Oh, very nice to speak with you today. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. It's a pleasure getting you on. And I'm really interested in this topic because, you know, I think when we talk about how this entire market is kind of reframing uh, where it wants to put its business and how to approach its business models, these conversations are the ones that I think reveal the most about where the industry is really going to go. Because when you change the structure, when you restructure, uh, you know, it can have some pretty large domino effects. So, Segway Discovery, the uh, you know segment of Segway that you work for, is the tour arm of the company, one that offers riders around the globe an immersive tour experience. So uh, go ahead and give the listeners of the podcast an update on this first before we dig into the main topic. How has this side of the company, the, the tour arm, been doing amidst the growth of other scooter business initiatives? Well, Segway has been involved in giving people tours for many years, going back to our first product, the Segway Personal Transporter, uh, it was uh, discovered by some entrepreneurs early on that this product afforded people an extraordinarily new and different guided tour experience. And we saw people starting Segway personal transporter guided tour operations really in every in every major city and then it evolved into the more minor and smaller cities it just became and still is a very popular activity for generally tourists to do um, in popular vacation areas popular sightseeing areas because as with all electric transportation the device allows you to experience a much larger area in a shorter amount of time, which tourists can appreciate, or cruise ship, uh, 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 people taking a cruise who are getting off at a port want to explore quickly and they're on deadline to get back to the ship, or you just have a limited number of days in the city that you want to see and 
Maybe you want to see the great architecture of Barcelona, or you want to see um, just the major historical highlights that any city offers. So, so we became involved in that, uh, supplying the hardware and eventually running our own tours. Um, and, and we learned a lot about that business. But I think the fundamental thing that drove those businesses was that people wanted a unique experience and electric allowed a lot more territory to be covered. Um, and the experience was extremely fun. Um, so as the industry has migrated into other electric devices, uh, it does seem kind of natural that uh, tourists will pick up these electric transportation options and either give themselves a self-guided tour or even continue with maybe a more knowledgeable guided tour experience. And, you know, I think that is part of what's made Segway so successful and have so much longevity throughout the years is breaking into different markets like this and, uh, you know, realizing that micro-mobility has so many different applications. It has the practical ones, but it also can really play into how we approach the entertainment or the access of some of the areas that we've grown to love, you know, how it... Uh, interacts with general travel, general tourism. I mean, tourism is uh, one of the greatest funders of a lot of small cities, a lot of large urban centers, um, and it shouldn't be ignored. So, you know, it's it's just interesting to see that Segway has placed so much of an emphasis on products and um, on, you know, basically an entire market that focuses on tourism and um, making that experience more personalized and more exciting. Yes, and I, I think if we're honest with ourselves, that is not something we predicted in the very, very early beginnings of the, the creation of electric transportation, uh, but it became an important component of the business. Um, and, and Segway Discovery, um, the organization within the greater Segway Ninebot company, Segway Discovery really focuses on the electric transportation and scooter sharing and I'll call it scooter tourism part of the business because uh, today uh, this is where the uh, most conversation is happening in the market is around the scooters and I use them as the representative major player. Uh, there are people doing similar activities on some of the smaller form factor electric transportation devices, uh, but, but really scooters is where it's at today. And our focus in the last uh, two years at least has been on um, the scooter market, which as you described earlier, is evolving. And municipalities are sometimes struggling, sometimes embracing, sometimes quickly defining new regulation, just really dealing with uh, the new option in town for people to get from point A to point B, many times because they're sightseeing, but many times also because they just are reaching for simple electric transportation just for the everyday needs of getting across a city. Um, and we are seeing users of scooter sharing, you know, in both of those two major categories, some people that are just using them for transportation, but also some people that are reaching for them because they want to explore or see a city. Um, but essentially, the the Segway Discovery Organization em embraces both and the services that we provide are really um, available to both types of operations. 
And uh, I know that Segway's Net Scooter is being used by at least one scooter sharing platform. Um, and I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on that partnership. So, what has the partnership been like for the company providing a scooter to this kind of ever shifting landscape of scooter ride sharing? Because um, I know you've also worked with scooter sharing operations. So, I feel like you've got some good insight on this. Yes, we obviously are a hardware manufacturer, probably as our core competence as an overall corporation. So a lot of people who were beginning to explore the idea of bringing scooter sharing to their own communities shopped around for good quality scooters to service that uh, business. And I think fairly, Segway 9Bot was often risen to the top as a, as a good scooter provider. We've been doing it for a long time and have good quality scooters. Uh, so we have been approached by operators who are looking for the hardware devices. And it occurred to us early on that there are big players, but there are also a lot of smaller players and smaller operators and people that you'd think of as entrepreneurs who want to bring a service to their community. And it quickly became apparent that we could be helpful to this market by offering a little more than just hardware and offering a little more full rounded set of services for a scooter sharing operator who wanted to get into the business and needed to do it quickly to respond to a market that was evolving quickly um, and also to have access to the component parts, not just the scooter hardware, but the software, the spare parts, the knowledge that goes along um, with creating a business. And we, we don't, we don't want to become operators. We don't want to run these programs ourselves, but we know that we could supply more than just hardware and help people to launch their businesses. And, and that's what we've really been doing over the last couple of years. We've uh, turned our attention to try and create more services for that market. So, Jerry, the main reason why I wanted to get you on the podcast today is uh, because I wanted to chat on the business model of becoming a scooter sharing operator. Uh, it, the reality of it is that it's becoming much more accessible and it's not just for the biggest nationwide resource-filled companies or municipalities. It's really becoming something that's accessible for smaller markets, smaller areas, and honestly, all the way down to smaller, just individual groups of people. So why do you think the industry is seeing these smaller operations pop up and what is exciting about them or, uh, you know, what is motivating them to become viable? Yeah, I think largely at a very mega level, I think all of us are driven to find ways to combat climate changes. And I think all of us are accepting at a, at a high level that the world and all all the countries and all the population of the world, we have to come together to figure out how we're going to uh, live in a warming climate and how to uh, slow down the warming of the climate. And uh, electric transportation as a, as a general category, I think, appears to be poised to help us 
uh, eliminate carbon and uh, reduce the amount of internal combustion engines that we use for our transportation. And if we can use electricity and motors, uh, then we may be able to slow the warming of the planet. And I think at a very fundamental level, um, people are recognizing the importance that electric transportation is going to make to that, to that battle. And as we want to contribute to help the world, we want to figure out if there's something we can do in our own smaller environment, our city, our town, even our uh, corporate campus. Is there something we can do as individuals to help this overall problem? Because I think we all recognize we all need to be involved uh, to solve this problem. So because of the coming together of the technology being available and people recognizing that they want to do something uh, and that scooter transportation just happens to be very practical. So the practicality of the device, uh, the need to move to more electric, the desire to want to do something locally to impact uh, to impact our own communities in a positive way, uh, it, it's all kind of coming together at the same time. So I think if you're just talking about why at a high level is this seem to be important and working and why are we so busy right now with this topic, I think those are really the reasons why. So as a, as a person who cares about their community and wanting to offer inexpensive, clean transportation uh, that gets people out of their cars, but is still an effective way of moving, uh, then I think it's, it's obvious almost to see why people are wanting to create scooter sharing businesses uh, or call it a scooter sharing service. You may have a nonprofit approach at it uh, to your community. You can see why it's all coming together and many of the reasons why you know, we can't build scooters fast enough, right? There's just a lot of demand right now. Um, and, and, and we too recognize, you know, as a company that creates electric transportation, maybe we can do more than just hardware. Maybe we can help people along this path and um, maybe help with the software and some of the other components that would make creating this business a little quicker and a little easier for people. Yeah, well, to a degree, I feel like the smaller operations that are popping up and becoming more accessible because of uh, you know partnerships through companies like Segway, uh, I think is really elevating the business model for how to approach these kind of scooter sharing uh, initiatives, businesses, or nonprofits. Um, because when you look at the big ones today, right, you've got your your Ubers, your Birds, your Limes, all of them exist on such a large scale. And the way they approached managing these scooters, the way they approached charging them, it's all sweeping, and the initiatives are huge, and they came with their growing pains, obviously, and their hiccups. And now what's being, um, what's becoming more accessible is this idea that your, you know, your multi-use um, building, you know, your apartment complex even, or your uh, gated community might want to invest in a uh, ride-sharing, scooter-sharing uh, operation. And now your community alone 
has just, you know, their set number of scooters. Easier to manage, a smaller number of them, maybe more personal investment from the community uh, and from the people operating them to take better care of them, to service them. Are you seeing that kind of ripple effect because the uh, the industry is is shrinking in a good way, right? It's, you know, the the rollouts are becoming more focused and more centralized. Is that having a positive or a net positive effect on the industry? Yes, I think we're starting to see uh, people implement scooters in smaller areas and serving small, well-defined populations and uh, lots of them. So we're seeing, uh, of course, there's the big players, but we're seeing lots, lots of small players servicing s- smaller groups. And uh, I mean, some some scooter sharing may be as simple as a point A to point A. So you may have a uh, a small group that is shared by a, a, a condo complex, for example, or a, a high rise apartment building, and maybe there's some shared scooters um, that are available for residents, and they may take them out. Uh, from point A, and they kind of return to point A. And then we're also seeing people um, thinking about doing uh, uh, more like uh, dockless, um, or, and I think there's a new trend towards more um, semi-dockless, where uh, the community at large might not want scooters to necessarily be completely uh, just drop it where you're finished with it, uh, because that can appear to clutter an area, uh, but maybe you define acceptable parking areas within a city. And there can be lots of them where uh, it's not quite entirely drop it where you're finished with it, but at least return it to these uh, predefined acceptable parking areas. And GPS technology allows us to know that you have returned a scooter to a predefined parking area, thus keeping the scooter uh, fleets in uh, nicely defined areas and reducing the amount of clutter. So, so that kind of implementation seems to be coming more and more popular. Like you can imagine a city finding it perfectly acceptable for the scooters to be uh, parked at uh, the bus station or the train station or the busy university campus and over here at City Hall and over here at the beach. And you can define the acceptable places to leave the scooters. And that reduces the amount of uh, scooters in the wild that you, you kind of see all over a city where the dockless approach um, is another way uh, that people have implemented. And and these are all things that we're going to learn. We're going to learn even more um, good ideas to um to implement and these ideas will be adopted. And, and I, I think what, what we're seeing is because a lot of people are trying it in a lot of locations with a lot of small implementations, we are starting to see, uh, see some good ideas. Um, we are starting to see businesses get creative with uh, participating in these parking locations. Uh, so if you return your scooter to a, a well-defined parking space at a restaurant where the restaurant owner embraces it and offers parking and gives you a coupon or a discount for coming into their location, well, in that way, the business operator is embracing the parking at their location as, um, you know, it's just marketing ties tied in. And we're starting to see people come up with these ideas and begin to, to implement these ideas. Um, but yes, but but overall, I think we're we're seeing a lot of smaller operators um, investing in s- smaller defined areas, um, and I, I'm I'm kind of excited about the 
uh, corporate campuses and uh, maybe a university campus or um, and we, we've even seen people define sort of family groups like extended family group um, operations of fleets within an area or um, you know maybe it's maybe it is a gated community who has a shared fleet all these things are possible um, and uh, they're all being tried and Segway Discovery is um, involved with people who are uh, ramping up these operations or piloting them. And it's very exciting to see some of the, the new ideas that are coming out. When I envision the way this could affect a small community, um, you know, your examples of uh, restaurants being receptive to, you know, building out little parking areas for these fleets, um, that that example really speaks to me because I think it represents how a small community can embrace something like uh, solving the last mile or the first mile issue in their community and how uh, you know other small businesses can take advantage of that in a positive way and can play off of that. So uh, you know when you get investment from other business leaders in the area, and you get them to realize the benefits of having that last mile, first mile uh, issue solved on a micro level, I think it, it's just another example of community building at work and, um, and you know, the, the impact that something like transportation accessibility can have on uniting even just a small community that you'd think is already pretty close, and, and you know, it, it feels self-explanatory when you describe it like that. It's like, oh, c- clearly access to transportation is going to connect people better. Like, yeah, duh. But, um, but the the impact of it, I think, is even greater than people realize. Yes, and your comments about involvement of uh, the the community is, is so important, and this is why we don't have designs on being an operator ourselves. We want to assist the person with the local knowledge to do it, right? We don't, we don't have those ties and connections from where we are. Um, we are um, wanting to enable operators because it's those very connections that are so important to doing the job well and doing the job right and having the community embrace it. Um, because I, I think you just get much further. And so far we're seeing operators who have... Uh, relationships and using their relationships to create those initial um, good feelings about the scooter sharing operation, it, it wins people over and it can win people over quickly. It's a solution. You are bringing a solution to the town, but you as an operator who live in a local community, you have knowledge of who's the, who's the city uh, government and who are the opinion leaders and the business owners and the business leaders in this in the city who can really help influence a good launch to a program. And that's why we don't want to be an operator. We're, we're looking to just enable operators. So in uh, that enabling that Segway Discovery has been doing, what are some of the logistical challenges that still remain uh, that you know you've had to educate on, or that you've seen these smaller operations have to tackle. Still, the ones that come to mind to me are just general fleet management, safety. Uh, you know, setting that geographic range for the smaller operator. How do those challenges maybe stack up compared to you know your Ubers or your Limes or your Birds that try to roll out on a national level? 
Yeah, well, it's just a different approach. Uh, there's a, you know, they have maybe the resources if you're a large operator like Uber and um, others to launch maybe on a more wide scale basis. It takes a lot of capital. Um, we we know that they have advantage of being big in many cases. They also have the pains of going first, um, and in many ways pave the way. Uh, for some of the thinking to to come afterwards about how to how to do it well, so I I think uh, when you start smaller, you you do have some advantages, and Segway Discovery offers some programs um, in in pricing to kind of enable a small operator. So we we have no minimums on hardware, for example. We know that people often really just want to test the waters with a very very small fleet. Uh, just test it with uh, city council, perhaps. And, you know, pr we, we hear this often where people just want a very small fleet of literally maybe three or six scooters, um, get, the, get their app up and running, and we can help customize the app uh, because they really are at a proof of concept stage. And, and they may want to show a, a, a prototype fleet, for example, to decision makers in the community, and maybe there's a, even already a permitting process. So one of the uh, benefits of working with Segway Discovery is we really have no minimums. We can support you with just a, a few scooters, uh, and then uh, you may or may not have an app, right? So we can help with a customized app. Uh, we're flexible that way. You can bring bring to the table your own app and use our API to connect to the scooters, or if you don't have that, we, we have an app that we can help uh, customize for you. Uh, but then as your plans grow and your implementation grows, we can support you with the hardware. Uh, we, we are a scooter manufacturer, so we have access to the scooters um, that we can offer to you in much smaller quantities than you may need for a big city operation. So, so I think that's why we're a good choice. We offer that kind of a flexibility with uh, no minimums on hardware and the ability to ramp up and scale as as your fleets grow. You can acquire your fleets at whatever pace of purchase for those scooters that you think you need. And we also have flexibility in, in pricing too. Um, we have uh, plans where if you you know don't want to uh, you know purchase your fleet outright, uh, you can participate in a in a revenue sharing plan with us, and th those are things that we're experimenting with the kind of pricing that will actually help operators get up and running because they don't always have access to the same amount of capital as those big players would have, and you know we're trying to support people in that. So just to wrap up, what are some of the ways that Segway Discovery? is uh, most facilitating in getting scooter hopefuls their chance in the game what are the main challenges that you have to address first and how are you helping to enable those smaller operators to roll out a ride sharing initiative in their community yeah i think one of our uh, uh common challenges that everybody has is time to market right i think everybody wants to move Pretty quickly, I think they recognize an opportunity and they want to fill that opportunity uh, very quickly. So I think that's probably the thing that we help with most is t time to market. We have we have the scooters uh, already manufactured and, and in inventory waiting waiting for you, and we have an app that we can uh, very uh, quickly customize for you and. Uh, we have spare parts in, in, in images. So I think between the scooters, the spare parts, and the app, 
those are three big elements that you need to get going to start this kind of a business. And that's where we come in. So I think probably the number one thing that we can help you with is is, is doing it quickly, implementing implementing quickly. Um, we have much less control over your local issues, right? So as an operator, you, you'll have to work those. You'll have to figure things out locally. You'll have to do some, some homework on defining what your business is going to look like, how your scooter operation is going to work, getting the local permissions that you need. Um, and I think for a lot of our uh, operators, that's where you're probably going to be spending the, the bulk of your time. Uh, but you can at least feel comfortable that the, the hardware and the software app elements of your business can be covered by Segway Discovery. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and giving us your thoughts on all this. It is uh, it's definitely a topic that I think is is extremely exciting for the industry because like we've been saying, I think people maybe in general were a little shook up by uh, the way that the ride sharing, scooter sharing, uh, just world or market came to be. Uh, the fact that it was just so kind of out of the blue. There was just a lot of drama around how to implement it correctly. Uh, you know, which cities and municipalities were prepared for it, who had the infrastructure for it, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think it it kind of created a lot of unnecessary friction in an industry that really is trying to solve the first last mile issue which is a big one and is one that we should be looking to solve through, uh, you know, through private means, through uh, gubernatorial, like, um, uh, infrastructure projects and everything in between. And I think what Segway Discovery is doing here is really empowering those smaller communities to, to kind of be their own guinea pigs in a way, to craft a method to solve that first last mile issue in a way that works for their community, solving their community's needs, and then using that as a springboard to hopefully inspire other small communities to, hey, look, look what they did in, um, you know, X gated community. Look what they did on XYZ campus. That is doable. How can we do it as well? And I think the more that you see that, the more that you see these small players win at the um, the scooter sharing game, I, I think it's going to reshape how we approach it at a national level as well. So it's definitely exciting stuff. It is. And it's been my pleasure to talk to you about it today. We really are um, really in the thick of it. And it's it's a fun and exciting space to be in. And it is changing, but it's changing for the good as as everyone learns uh, how to do how to do it better, and we're we're happy to be a part of it. We're gonna have to get you back on as uh, you know more developments happen with Segway Discovery uh, or just with this small scooter sharing market in general. But till then, thank you, Jerry, for joining us again. We were chatting with Jerry Moriarty, business development director for Segway Discovery. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of The Last Mile. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes. You can head to poweredby.segway.com slash news. Again, poweredby.segway.com slash news. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.